Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, this is Zach Van Norman with Once Upon a Fan. We are hosting our third podcast that we've been doing lately. So welcome to this week's show. I am joined by my regular co-host, Amy. Amy, you're with us, yes? Yes, I'm here. Hello. Hello, and then we've also got um, a couple of other uh, staff members who will be joining us in just a moment for the episode review. Uh, introduce them when we get to that in just a second here. So uh, we're going to do what we normally do and start with our weekly news roundup. And uh, Amy, if you want to go ahead and discuss a couple of things, go ahead and take the mic. Well, one of the first things and probably one of the most important things to everybody in our lunch community is that this past week on Wednesday, October 23rd, it was actually the second anniversary of the pilot airing. And I saw so many... Yeah, I saw so many people posting their stories and on Facebook and Twitter and things talking about how they came to the show and how much it meant to them and how this has brought so many people from all over the world together. So I think that that's definitely a date to celebrate. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, it was really weird that it was like, the two-year anniversary of the show, because I remember seeing the commercials for it, like, before it even came out, and thinking, oh, wow, I bet that's going to be a really fun show to watch. And then I remember watching the pilot and, you know, like, the first couple of episodes, and, you know, it's just so funny to think that it's already been that long. We're, like, on the third season, and all this stuff has been going on. It's crazy, but, it was, yeah, lots of reasons to celebrate, though, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I remember seeing, I actually, before I saw a commercial on TV for once, I saw... And they do these things called a first look before you they get to the movie previews when you see a movie. Oh, and we had right. gone to see Harry yeah. Potter. Yeah, we went to see Deathly Hallows, and that was in the first look was the things on Once Upon a Time. And I turned to my husband, and I know there were some expletives in there that I won't say on the radio, but I was like, please, 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 that is going to be my new show. <laughs> And he was like, oh, yeah. boy. So, yeah. I knew, like, right away yeah. it was going to be something I was going to try. Yeah, definitely. Me, too. And it's just, yeah, it's crazy because, yeah, I mean, it's already been two years. Wow, that's just nuts. That's just nuts. But I'm so glad. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm extremely grateful for the show, and it's done a lot for me. So I saw a lot of the same thing online of people just, you know, wishing it, you know, like just, you know, good wishes, well wishes, and, you know, talking about, you know, like you said, what the show meant to them and, you know, how it had changed them in one way or another. But, you know, with the Ugly Ducklings or, you know, the Evil Regals, one, or, you know, one group or another, pretty much everybody was just, joy, you know, happy to have the show that day. So that was pretty cool to see in the community. So that was definitely awesome. Let's see. Um, on the next part of the, um, the news roundup here, looks like we've got some casting news on Wonderland. Uh, Amy, you want to yeah. give us that news? Well, we actually had two casting tidbits come out from Wonderland this year. One was that Whoopi Goldberg has been cast as the voice of the White Rabbit Spice, who we have not seen at all yet. And the other Which is one totally is, awesome because Whoopi Goldberg is awesome. Sorry, <laughs> just had to interject yes, there. Go ahead. <laughs> she is. The first thing I thought of was her and Ghost when I saw that, and I kept thinking of her saying, Alice, you and Danger Girl. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited about that. But also, yeah, there's another too. one that's being really kept close to the vest is an, an Australian actress named Peter Sargent has been cast on Wonderland. 
They're not saying anything about who her character is except for that it's iconic and that they've described it, quote-unquote, as a force of nature. And I'm, I'm kind of not sure who I think she's going to be. I've seen a lot of discussion online. I've heard the white queen thrown around by some fans, but I also saw today some people were throwing around saying that they think she's going to be Jasmine. Have you seen any of these discussions going on online? I've seen a, I mean, I've seen a few things, but I, I, I mean, who, I'm not sure what to make of it really, but, um, I've seen a few, I mean, I've seen a couple of different thoughts on it. So at this point, I mean, I'm kind of, wondering the same as everyone else is just because of the fact that they did say that it was iconic and a force of nature. And, you know, I'm wondering if that's like a play on words, but I mean, I don't really know Alice Wonderland as much as you do. So I don't really have any ideas who could be, I mean, if it was Jasmine, that would be really interesting because then it kind of makes you wonder about Cyrus and if he's playing any kind of dual role, but what else are you going to say about that? Yeah. I just, I, I hope that it is, you know, I, well, I will say I hope that it is because, it could be anything and still turn out to be a really good twist on the story. But if she is Jasmine and Cyrus also has a dual role, I think that's going to be really great because that's one of the things that I like is seeing these characters turned into more than just one person. So I think it could be really clever to see that and figure out what's going on with them. But I mean, she could also be the white queen, which is another strong point, but I don't know. I think it's going to be something really big because they are definitely trying to keep it a secret. Yeah, I agree. Because I mean, and it's, I mean, and to be called, you know, to be naming this character an iconic character. I mean, that's kind of it seems like kind of a big deal. And like, if it's a force of, I mean, it does seem like it's a character that has significant. I mean, it's, they've got to have significance. So I'm really curious to see, you know, who that's going to end up being for sure. All right. And let me see. So on the next, we've got some uh, we've got some voting that we need to be doing for some of our our actors on the show. Uh, Amy, you want to tell us about the People's Choice Awards? Yes, I know a lot of people are familiar with the Choice Awards. Right now, it's not the voting session for the actual awards, but it is the voting section to get the final list of nom- nominees up. And Once Upon a Time is nominated in uh, Best Sci-Fi Fantasy Show. So. People can go in and select that. You can actually vote for up to five different uh, items in each category. But also on the actor list, we have Jenny Goodwin and Jennifer Morrison both also nominated. And I've been going in, of course, on the part where if you want to put someone else in also, I've been selecting both Jennifer and Jenny and putting Lana in because I definitely think Mm -hmm. she ought to be right up there. But um, that's for definitely sure. something that if all of our ones can get behind it, we could definitely, I mean, there's so many people in our fan community that we could definitely push through these nominations. And obviously, you know, we think that these actresses and actors definitely deserve these nominations and awards. Definitely, definitely. So you heard it once, if you're listening to the show and you want our actors to you know, be recognized for the work that they do, I mean, because obviously the people's choice, we've got a huge once our community. Once Upon a Time has had a huge, you know, kind of influence on our culture because, you know, fairy tales have been kind of a lot more popular on television and things like that since the show came about. I mean, I think that's fair to say that a lot of things came, kind of happened after that. So, you know, if you want to go to peopleschoice.com and, you know, go to the uh, favorite sci-fi fantasy show 
and vote there for the show, and then also um, you know the other categories for the actors and actresses. Make sure that you do that because that, you know then we can definitely make sure that we get them up there and recognized for the effect that they've had you know on us as people. So um, on the next point here, we've got Jamie Dornan was cast in Fifty Shades of Grey, and I myself can't say that I've read that book, so I don't really know. Um, I mean, I know the general premise of it, which I guess it's kind of adult material. I don't know. But, Amy, do you have any more information about that? Well, I know that he was not the original person who was cast. Originally, this role was given to Charlie Hunnam, who is in Sons of Anarchy. And he was also in the movie Pacific Rim, I believe, that just recently came out on DVD. But uh, he had to step out because of scheduling conflict. Jamie Dornan was on the short list and went through you know, a reading and audition. And now he's definitely landed the part. I've noticed that since he got cast, the hits for his name on the web and photos of him and everything has just gone berserk. So yeah, um, I, this I've, is definitely going to be a thing, huge yeah. push. Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely agree. Either. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't read the book. I know a lot of people who did, though, and there's, I guess there's a series of them. Um, I believe it's three, but he's, I think this is going to probably make him a household name, and people are quite literally going to see a lot more of him than they've ever seen in Once Come Time or any of his other projects, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, Sheriff Grant might have to, you know, restrain some ladies and, you know, put them under arrest. For this <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, sorry, I had to. I had to. I'm sorry, I had to. Okay, so, and then <laughs> the other thing that we've got is that Ginny Goodwin just did um, a piece in Lucky Magazine, and I think Amy also has some more information about that, yes? Yes, yeah, she was in Lucky Magazine, and that's, for those of you who aren't familiar with that magazine, it's kind of like a fashion, makeup, lifestyle magazine where, they do a lot of articles on not only celebrity fashion, but also they talk about where you can find things. They show the high pin versions down to more affordable things, uh, which are similar. So there was an article about Jenny and the, her big fashion thing right now is how much she loves stripes. And I actually saw another yeah. picture, too, in a, an article where it talked about she – and her sister uh, shopping in Memphis, and one of the sh- actually the shirt she was wearing on the main picture for Lucky Magazine was uh, the black striped shirt that she talked about buying there. So she was that's a really big national magazine. So that was a lot of exposure for Arsenal Lake this week. Yeah, I saw the picture too of her, like, and then you know some of the other stuff. And if I think about it, you know, I mean, right, she does kind of she has a really good style, Jenny Goodwin. So I, I mean, it's really. It's almost kind of Audrey Hepburn, so I mean that's kind of what I think of when I see her a little bit, you know. So I don't know. I think I just I think she's just really cute and everything that she wears, and yeah, she's just so adorable. Anyway, so anyways, that's <laughs> let me not fall on her too much. Here. Just like stumble over myself. <laughs> um, by the way, everybody, just so you know, if uh, it sounds like I'm talking over anybody, I do apologize in advance because there is a slight delay for when I'm speaking. So my apologies to my co-host and everyone who's listening. If I you know, get the conversation all crazy here. Amy, you were going to say something? I was just going to say she, Jenny's so, you know, petite and cute. You just, she's like a little pixie. You just want to put her in your pocket and carry her around. She's like adorable. I love her. (laughs) Yeah, she's just, yeah, she was really, yeah, she was 
yeah, it was really something else. To, yeah, anyways. So um, that's, um, what I'm going to do now is bring on some of our other staff members as we get to our episode review of the fifth episode of this season, which was uh, called Good Form, and it had a lot of information about Hook's backstory and, uh, you know, just kind of progressing the story forward in Neverland. So we are joined tonight by Teresa Martin. Teresa, are you there? Yes, I'm just glad to be back here again for our third podcast. Excellent. Yeah, how are you today? Oh, doing very well, just uh, sitting and relaxing, uh, enjoying the um, news roundup that I've been listening to, because I haven't had time to catch up on it. Oh, awesome. Good. Well, sweet. Hopefully that means that we were doing our job then. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Since we're still figuring this whole podcast thing out. And then we were also joined by um, our um, one of our other staff members, Jennifer. And Jen, I don't know how to say your last name without butchering it, so if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, please do so, because I don't want to say your name wrong. It's Brew Yard. Basically, brew yard. Okay, picture, cool. me, picture me in a backyard brewing beer. That's what I tell everybody. Brew <laughs> Yard. Okay, brew Yard. Okay, sweet. Got and, it. And awesome. That's, That's a really good real visual, life. too. I agree. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So um, obviously, you know, the main focus of the story was, you know, Hook's backstory. So I kind of want to get to that part of it first. Um, you know, we saw a lot with his brother, which I thought kind of, I thought Hook and his brother, or the Jones brothers, I should say, because he wasn't Hook yet, um, kind of echoed um, the brotherly tie between the Frankenstein brothers. I was kind of thought that that was interesting that there was another kind of situation like that. It kind of harkened back to that for me. But um, anyway, so... With Hook's backstory and, you know, being an honorable man who, you know, unfortunately lost his brother and everything like that, are we going to see him, you know, struggle back to being an honorable man? Or do we think that he's going to stay a pirate? I want to know what everybody thinks. So, Amy, we'll start with you. What do you think? I hope he doesn't go back to being an honorable man. <laughs> I mean, he, I, I love that, that pirate Hook. But in saying that, I do think that, he definitely has an honorable side. I think he's going to you know, do the right thing. I don't think he's going to give up his pirating ways. I really like the backstory a lot, though, and I think you're right. It did uh, kind of remind me you had the older brother, like we had with Gerhardt Frankenstein, and then the younger brother, too, who was, you know, a little, ended up being a little more wayward. So I thought the story was really good. I was kind of heartbroken, though, because when they started talking about the Jones brothers, I thought for sure they were going to come out and say that Killian Jones' brother's name was David, and then he was going to end up being Davy Jones, and we were going to have Oh, my God, that would be so awesome. I know, and then when he oh, had his name That would be Liam, so sweet. Oh, my God. Devastated. He did, end up in the, he did end up in the ocean. Yeah, you never know. He did. I can't, I'm, I'm yeah, that's really true. that his middle name is David, because they said his first name was Liam. I'm like, uh, I told my husband, maybe his, his middle name is David, and I'll still hold out this little spark of hope that eventually he's going to be Davy Jones, because I think that would be fantastic. That would be totally sweet. Maybe Ursula is down there, and she, like, you know, fixed him or something. Like, well, who knows? Well, who, although you never know with the promo that we saw. There might be a little bit. Yeah. We know Ursula's coming, but we'll get to that. In just we'll get to that in just a minute. So, all right, Teresa, what do you think about that? What do you think is going to happen with Hook and his whole redemption thing? Do you think it's going to go good, or is he going to stay a pirate? Um, if I could have give this episode a subtitle, uh, it would be Hook gets a conscience. I think this was the first time we saw a side of him 
where he wasn't being, frankly, a jerk and a very um, self-confident the way we've seen him before. And he looked shaken uh, in many parts of the episode um, in, when they were in Neverland. And it was definitely show, showing a side of him that uh, you see sometimes when, um, with an alcoholic, for example, I thought it was interesting that um, they talked a lot about his drinking. And often a person who's an alcoholic, uh, they won't have anything to do with uh, anything you have to say until they reach maybe rock bottom. And I felt like Hook was starting to reach uh, rock bottom as he was seeing all the family uh, getting together and realizing Emma was quite a nice person and that he was maybe going the wrong way in his life. Um, I felt like he's getting to step one. He's admitting that he, um, instead of maybe admitting he's an alcoholic, he is admitting that he is a jerk. Uh, And I look forward to seeing him get to the next step and starting to redeem himself because otherwise once you start this story going where it is, it needs to lead somewhere. And I think that there are enough hints that uh, we are definitely going to see some redemption with him. Cool. Awesome. All right. And then, Jen, what did you think? Well, I agree with Teresa. Um, But in a way, his, his piracy, his form of piracy, they have an honor code to begin with, especially pirates in that day, and he did sort of step over the line. He was over on one side of the line, you know, trying to, you know, get the, get that, what was that plant called again, the dream? What's the plant called? All I know is Mig Macario really didn't like it. <laughs> he tweeted <laughs> a lot about that. <laughs> dream shade, I yeah. Dream shade, that's it. Yeah. And he was looking for that, and, and, and then he realized that in in procuring that, there was no honor in it, and no honor in poisoning your enemies in such a fashion. So he goes over to the other side, where now he's rebelling against the king, and he's he's becoming his own, and he's following his own path. And in a way, there is honor in following your own path, but he took it a little too far, especially after the death of his brother and the emotional upheaval that he suffered then. So I, I think that this show is all about redemption. I think he will eventually find it as well. I I don't know if it's quite uh, the path that we might think it will be, and that's a good thing because the writers can always keep us on our toes. But I'm wondering, whatever happened to that sexton? They never mentioned what that was. That's a, still, that's a big question mark, most definitely, where that will go from there. Hmm. True. Yeah. I wonder if uh, if Hook somehow it could be because Peter Pan mentioned in this episode that Hook worked for him for a long time. So uh-huh. I'm wondering if Hook had it when he was on Neverland, and maybe it's still there on the island somewhere. Maybe you know, maybe Neil found it, and that's how he got home. You know, it helped him navigate home. So I think that. It's interesting that you bring that up, Jen, because I do think that that will probably end up playing into it later on in the show this season. Well, if Neil has it, I sure hope that he has very deep pockets where he's able to hide it so that Pan couldn't get to it before he went into that cage. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he buried it somewhere. Yeah, in the which, tree. 
Which, yeah, which kind of leads us on to the next question, actually, on our um, staff roundtable, which is who is in the other cage? So um, does anybody have any thoughts? Amy, what do you think? Well, I did notice that Tinkerbell cage? was definitely absent this week, but I don't think she's in the cage. I've been thinking ever since last season, I've felt like Wendy has something to do with all of this Peter Pan story that's going on, and I'm not 100% sure what, but I think that maybe it's Wendy in the cage. That would be something. Yeah, you had mentioned that um, to you know um, once before to me in a prior conversation, but. Yeah, that was um, that would be something for sure because I we still have to see the darlings on Neverland. That's at least my opinion on it because that mm-hmm. story is so. I mean, they're so essential to that story, really. That you know, even though we saw them, you know, back in England, we haven't seen them actually in Neverland, and so I think it's kind of crucial for them to appear there in some way. And since you know, originally Wendy was the only one who went, like I'm really curious to see if that would be the case. I really want to see the Darlings in Neverland, for sure, just because I'm a Peter Pan nut, but um, I also think that, you know, at some point, they're, they're, like, the home office, like, yeah. There's just a whole bunch. Like, there's so many scenarios that it could be, but um, anyways, I just want to get to what everybody else thinks, too. Teresa, what do you think about that? Who's in the cage? Um, I personally, for rather selfish reasons, hope that it's Robin Hood, because um, (laughs) I... Um, I, for reasons I have of my own, but uh, with some logic behind it, because we know from the episode with Regina that that is uh, going to come into play. That we're going to see some Lion Queen. I that's my personally favorite uh, name for the ship. And how on earth <laughs> could um, he have um, gotten? Uh, how, how's he going to get to Regina? And I must confess, I may have read some fan fiction about Robin Hood every now and then. But um, one person did come up with a good fanfic theory that the reason why um, it would be Robin Hood is because the shadow wasn't a happy camper because he came to get a little boy and instead he got Neil. And so that he's going to come back to the merry men and say, I'm not, a ha- I'm not very happy with you. I came to get a kid, so I'm going to come to get uh, this cute little Roland and then um, Robin um, says, oh, well, it worked with uh, Neil. Maybe I'll try that. So that could be a possibility of how he could get to the cage and then start the, the romance that has been foreshadowed with Regina. Yeah. Um, Sarah, one of our monsters, Sarah, is in the chat room joining us tonight, and she is mentioning that she thinks that there could be somebody else in the cave or in the cave, in the cage, um, she thinks that it could be Prince Eric. So we'll see if, if Sarah is correct on that or not. But let's see here. Um, so the other, another question that I have here is, let me see. Do we, oh, okay, yeah. So this scene, which totally set my little once her heart on fire. Okay, the scene when uh, Regina wanted to take the Lost Boy's heart and Emma agreed and let her do it totally knocked my socks off because it was, I mean, oh, oh, it was just amazing. I mean, I couldn't believe that, that they, that, I mean, really, I couldn't believe that that was what was happening. I mean, my mouth actually kind of fell open. I was like, is this really happening? Like, I turned to my friend that I was watching with us, and I was like, is this really, like, seriously? Oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. I, could, I couldn't believe it. Like, I just couldn't believe it. It was just nuts to me that... First of all, that Emma would agree to do that. Second of all, that, like, you know, her whole holding 
Mary Margaret, Snow White, whatever we're supposed to call them right now, um, her holding her back and just saying, I'm sorry, and then, hit, like, she took the heart, and I was just, yeah, well, I, I had a pretty, I had a very um, excited reaction, shall we say. Amy, what do you think about that? Do you agree I with was. Emma's decision to take the heart? Yes, yes, yes. Heck yeah, a hundred times over. I was, when Snow started talking or Mary Margaret, I was like, shut up, Emma, go shut her up, do something. Regina, snap that nasty boy's heart out, and let's get on with it. That was probably... Amy, <laughs> Amy it's <laughs> because you have a son, as do I, and I was thinking the exact same thing. When you're a mama of a little boy, you do what you have to do to keep him safe. It's true. That's what I was thinking, too. I was like, if that was my son, I'd be snatching everybody's damn heart out. And he was like, I don't care what the cost is for you. I'm getting my kid back. So, yes, I thought that was my favorite scene probably in the entire episode this week. I was like, yes. And who doesn't yeah, love it was, Regina it was... <laughs> with, a, with a heart and, you know, tearing the heart out. Between that and Regina with a mirror in her hand again. Those were two of my yeah, favorite images. Yeah, I totally, yeah, I totally agree. Like, there's not, there's nothing. I mean, really, there's nothing like seeing Regina go rip a heart out. There's really not. Like, it's just one of those things that just, I don't know if it's the sound effect or whatever, but when it just, there's nothing like seeing that. And then you're right, her holding a mirror, like that whole play into the the classic story. Um, I just, I thought that it was great. I mean, I really thought it was great. I was just shocked by it. I mean, because I mean. It just took a turn that I wasn't expecting. I was not expecting that to all of a sudden come forward and have that be the option and then just have it be like, yes, we're doing it. Like, I was just like, whoa, yeah. like, that's, that is that is incredible. Like, holy, holy crap. I can't believe that's happening. Like, yeah, and there was, was like no was, discussion. It was so straightforward and this is what I'm doing. Like, she didn't even, she wasn't even asking permission. She's like, okay, this is what's happening. And then when Emma backed her immediately and there wasn't any hemming and hawing on Emma's part, I was like, oh, yes. Thank yeah, God. and then and she just went right. She just went right for it too. She didn't even hold back. Regina just went for it. She's just basically like, move, like get off my porch. I'm coming for that heart. Like there was nothing <laughs> else that anybody else could do. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Teresa, what do you think about that? All? Well, well, that that's exactly what I was thinking about as well. That Regina said, uh, I believe, right before she pulled out the heart. That's what I'm here for. You know, she's yeah. there to do the things that maybe the other ones are a little bit too squeamish to do. Um, I know, um, you know, in the case of my, my loved ones, uh, uh, I, I don't know what I would do under those circumstances. It's very hard to judge. But it reminded me often of things that can happen sometimes in war. Uh, in, for example, World War II, you know, when you read a lot of their letters, that in war sometimes you do things that you would not do under normal circumstances. That, um, and, and that's often why people don't want to talk about war when they come home. It's because you, you have to at some point cross the line, and usually there's someone willing to do that. I would not be surprised it's when they all go back to Storybrooke that a lot of things that a lot of the characters do just are not going to come up in the conversation. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point about war and everything else. That's a really good insight. I like that a lot. Um, Jen, you mentioned a little bit about, you know, obviously 
you know, you have kids, and if you were in the same situation, you would have done the same thing. But do you have any more thoughts you want to add on that? I think I would just add that that um, especially with Henry, um, she doesn't she doesn't know what's going on, and she just had an inkling of oh, he's the one who caused that that uh, scar on the boy's face, and that also heightens the anxiety of they are changing my kid, they are affecting my kid. It's not just him, you know, off dealing dealing you know being their guest or something. It's they're physically. Um, and mentally affecting him. So that sort of gets your adrenaline pumped. But it was so nice to finally see some action out of them. When Tinkerbell was there with them, they were starting to plan and, you know, kind of come up with an action plan. And then it sort of stumbled, and and Peter Pan kept interfering. And, but it was nice to see them do something that actually resulted in Henry discovering that they're still there. There was some some little form of action to get them going so that they can eventually retrieve him. And, and just to add, I do think that was Tinkerbell in, in the... Uh, I, I only feel that way, and I think Amy had a really great point, and so did Teresa about Robin Hood. But the reason I thought it was Tinkerbell was because they were they had a pulley, and they were pulling that person from the cage up as if to fly, and Tinkerbell can no longer fly. In a way, that's their own form of torment that I think fit her character really well. Hmm. That's an interesting point, too. Okay. Good insights on that there. So, let's see. Moving on to the next question here. Will... Oh, okay, yeah. The Emma and Hook kiss. Okay. <laughs> I just got to say, I was really happy when, you know, after the whole thing was said and done, she was like, this one-time thing, yada, yada. And then kind of just went and did her own thing and you know, told her to go get some firewood, and that was pretty much it. I was just like, okay, it wasn't, it wasn't like some romantic, oh, yeah, you saved my dad, and now I'm going to kiss you because you're the hero, and I'm actually going to fall for this crap. Like, she, you know, she was just like, no. Like, go get some firewood. Like, go away. Like, that's all you get. We're done. Like that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, just, you know, get out of my face. Just, you know, hang out somewhere else. Like, that's all you get. So, I mean, I thought that that was awesome. But, the, which, of course, that kiss leads into, you know, the greater question of that whole situation, which was afterwards when he went to go do exactly what she told him, and Pan showed up and told him about Neil being alive. Um, you know, that's a kind of a game-changer a little bit now that he knows that. And, you know, what do we think about that? Is he going to tell Emma that Neil is still alive? I personally think that he's going to. Um, I mean, I... I think that ultimately he will do the right thing. You know, he will get a little bit of redemption out of it and will tell the truth, but I don't necessarily know if that's going to come very easily or anything. Um, I think that it might be something that he tries to keep from everybody for a while, but then ultimately has to, you know, just kind of reveal. But I want to see what everybody else thinks about that. So, Amy, what do you think? I think I thought the kiss was definitely, it was good. It was definitely seeming... They have chemistry, but I do think that, you know, in the end, I agree with you. I'm kind of hoping that Emma ends up with Neil, since we all, I know you and I both kind of ship the swan fire. Um, yep, swan fire, baby. I don't think, I do just want to say, though, that that was a close runner-up, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, because I've never really felt there was a sort of close scene with 
uh, David and Mary Margaret, but their test was pretty good this week. I was like, hey, yeah, what's the what's yeah, happening there? Yeah, he, mm-hmm. yeah, I kind of I agree. Like it was uh, it was a little like little kind of like when she was like, not that I'm complaining, but what was that about? Like. I was like, yeah, go for it, Charming. Like, kiss your wife. Absolutely, dude, go for it. Like, yeah, get some. Like, yeah. I just thought, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Like, I was like, because he's obviously so happy to see her. And just, you know, I mean, knowing that, you know, eventually he's not going to be able to leave. But, you know, we'll get to that point in just a second, too. But, yeah, anyway, so what, um, <laughs> let's look at everybody else's thoughts on this, too. Uh, Teresa, what do you think about the whole kiss and whether or not Hook is going to tell Emma the truth? Um, what struck me about the kiss was um, it was this uh, one-time deal. Uh, I have never done this, but you hear often about what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And, you know, uh, and once upon, uh, Jenny had said, Jennifer Morrison had said something to the effect of, Hook is the guy you go to Vegas with and have some fun, and you're the guy you settle down with. And there was so much yeah. adrenaline, so much emotion. It was hook. I mean, he's hook. That's all I need to say about that. And they just kind of let it out. And then it's like, okay, um, now I'm moving on. What happened in Neverland will stay in Neverland. It was a one-time deal. The adrenaline was going, maybe a little bit of hormones. But it, it was a, a one-time thing for both of them. I also suspected a little bit that Hook took it that way as well. You could tell he most certainly enjoyed it, the way he exhaled after it was all over, like, whoa. But I didn't see him, you know, break down and cry and say, oh, she only thought it was a one-time deal. He, he had this, uh, yeah, that was pretty sweet. Well, I'm going to think about that for a while, maybe 20 years from now when I'm in the rocking chair talking to the grandchildren or 30 years. Um, I knew her when, but it was not uh, true love. It was not true love's kiss. It was um, we are all having adrenaline uh, true uh, kiss going um, on. And as far as uh, will he tell um, them all about um, what Pan said, I, I recall that uh, Hook said that Pan was a demon. Uh, he said that, at the, uh, I believe, in the very first episode of this season. And demons, uh, in, in tradition, Western tradition, are liars. Uh, they lie. That Satan's the father of lies. And that it could very well be going through Hook's head that he's lying. You know, liar, liar, pants on fire. He's just saying this to mess with my head. And so if I bring this up, I could be giving false hope to all of these people. And, the, and that's maybe the right thing to do is to keep his mouth shut because it may not be true. That's what I thought. Cool. Awesome. Those are really good thoughts as well. And then, uh, Jen, what do you think about that? Oh, I agree with um, Teresa. I don't think it's, it's officially true love or anything like that. I did notice more. Uh, that was quite a kiss, but I did notice more when they were climbing the beanstalk, there seemed to be more chemistry there. I don't know if it's just because I got in, in my head that Neil being Bellfire was alive and that's her true love, so I didn't notice it as much. But, yeah, it was a very kind of Vegas sort of thing. I don't think he will... Um, I, well, I think he will tell. I think he'll... Um, 
you know, Vance tried to fool him or tries to get him to do things his way, I think he will tell Emma eventually, not because it might, you know, hinder their ability to jump into bed together, but more getting him, getting her to trust him. And this is a way to do that. So playing more of the, the long end game of getting into that family, getting in with her, and at least, you know, becoming friends. And the last one I wanted to mention is he said, as you wish to her. Did anybody else oh, pick up on yeah. that? Princess That's Bride, Princess yes. Bride. Bride, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, those okay. are my thoughts. All right, cool. Cool, sweet. All right, let me see here. So we already kind of had a discussion about who's in the cage. So there's a couple of other things. I've got a ton of notes on this. We are just about uh, a third of the way through the show, so we're kind of making good time here. we still got to get to one and two. There were a couple of notes that I had about little things that I noticed, um, just kind of small things that maybe we want to talk about. Uh, the first part was um, in the very beginning of the show, Henry uh, wishing the stick into the sword and then cutting the lost boy's face. Uh, I thought that was a really interesting turn for Henry's character, number one, that he was able to, well, he didn't wish, really, he just believed. He believed it into being. And I thought that was a really interesting turn because, you know, it's almost like you know, he is really close to being a lost boy if he's not already. And, uh, you know, I just I thought that that was pretty cool. So did anybody you know, kind of pick up on that? Does anybody have any extra thoughts I want to talk about on that? Amy, how about I you? Think that's I was going to say, yeah, I, I definitely think that was a little dark for Henry, and it almost seemed like, you know, he shocked himself when he did that. Yeah. But it was, I mean, he was really getting into it. And I'm still, I'm still kind of thinking that maybe he's playing Pan a little bit, but he was awfully quick to get off the, uh, the mirror phone, if you will. Was, I know Pan was coming, but I don't know. I hope he's... he's uh, going to be strong like I think he is and, and maybe he's just playing Pan. I don't I don't I'm not 100% sure that I think Pan is a, is just this horrible demon. I do think he's just an evil little kid right now. Oh, he's just awful. And Robbie Kay is playing yeah, him yeah. so good. But I Wendy in last season talked about Neverland when she was telling Bay like she had been there before. So I, that's one of the reasons, too, I think we're going to see her again. I think there's more to the story of Wendy and Neverland. I almost think that Pan used to be the happy, good character. We talked last week about the island having been similar to the way we see it in other stories about Neverland, like the Disney version, for example, where it's this bright, right. magical place. I think Pan yeah. probably did used to be that Pan, and I think like with the fairies, the way you have to clap to believe, and in the original story, that's how Tinkerbell is brought back to life. I think that when people stop believing, that's what happened to the island, and that's part of what contributed to Pan's fall. I think he's also trapped on the island, and the island is just, you know, it's dark, and that affects everybody, and I do think that's starting to affect Henry a little bit. Yeah, you know, I kind of, I kind of definitely agree with you on as far as Pan, you know, being the former, you know, like the kind of the character that we see in the Disney version, just a lot more happy-go-lucky and, you know, a lot more playful. Um, he's obviously just completely evil right now and twisted and and 
totally awesome performance like Robbie Kay, like you said. But, you know, I thought it was interesting, you know, the way that, you know, as we were talking about Hook's backstory um, and his brother Liam, you know, getting hit by the, the dream shake, putting, well, cutting himself with it, really, which is such a stupid move. But anyways, like, how, why would you cut yourself with something on an island you've never been to before, sir? Like, I, would just, I asked you, good sir, what's going on here? So, you know, it just made me think. So, um, but what it really made me think of, too, was when Pan said that it, it was the water, since it was, in fact, the water that, that saved not only his brother, but saved Charming as well. Um mm. You know, like, did Pan drink, like, did, was he injured? Did he have to drink the water? Is he stuck there? Like, is that why he has to send the shadow to, you know, get people to come to Neverland instead? I mean, although, I well, no, I guess not, because he went to the Enchanted Forest and then picked up Bay, so who knows? But, hmm, there's just, I feel like there's something, like, I just, I wonder about that. Like, that. I thought that was very interesting. Maybe it's only just because, you know, that's how they saved Charming's life, and now, you know, something that we didn't mention as we were doing our episode roundup is the fact that Charming is now stuck on, you know, Neverland because he drank the water from the spring, and that magic only works if you stay on the island. So, you know, how do we think he's, like, going to get home and, you know, survive all this stuff? Like, the, you know, like, that's that's a whole other question. God, there are so many questions we could go over. But, um... Uh, let me see. So what, what do we think about that, though? That's like a major thing. We need to discuss this. So, Amy, what do you think about Charming being stuck on the island? I think that's definitely going to be a twist. I do think, you know, they're gonna, there's going to be a way around it. But I don't know if true love's kiss is going to fix this magic because this is – Dream State doesn't really seem to fall under a curse or magic. So I think they're going to have to have some other way – to fix it, but I do think he's going to be able to get off. I think that we're going to see something. I have a little theory about what I think is going to happen when they get back to Storybook, but I think that he's going to be okay, but it's going to be a close call. There's going to have to be some kind of last-minute magic cure thing that's going to save him, and then he'll be able to, to get off the island with the rest of them. Yeah, cool. Okay, awesome. Yeah, it's it's a it's kind of it's a major point, like and one that I'm really interested to see how they're going to resolve that. Teresa, what do you think about trying to be stuck on the island and and everything? Teresa, you still there? Oh, we must have lost her. Oh, are you still there? Cut off for just a moment. Were you talking to Amy or me? Sorry about that. Oh, there we go, Teresa. There you are. Cool. Okay. Yeah. What do you think about what do you think about Charming being stuck on the on the Neverland? Oh, um, it uh, it kind of broke my heart a little bit. Um, we finally got some snowing. I've been missing uh, some snowing. We got some serious snowing going on. And if he is stuck, if that's his price, uh, that's uh, something that is very sad. However, if we continue with this whole theme of maybe it's Neverland that needs to be redeemed, it won't be an issue because um, after they save everyone by whether it's clapping, whether it's magic, whether it's Pan's redemption, that it will transform into what Neverland is supposed to be. Um, And so it won't be an issue. It's like, hurry, it's a happy place. So that curse will have been broken. So the curse that would have kept uh, charming stuck on the island, it's it's not going to be an, a problem because he can leave with everyone else because the Neverland curse will be broken. Yeah, 
That's a, yeah, that's exactly actually what I think is going to happen too. I think the Dream Shade has something to do with it because of the fact that first of all, it's named Dream Shade, and then as we mm-hmm. learned in a you know earlier episode that you know Neverland used to be the place where new dreams are born, and now they're not happening. It's almost like well, yeah, because Dream Shade started growing there, and it's blocking everything from happening. So as soon as that curse is broken and that that plant is gone, then it's going to stop shading the dreams, so to speak, and everything will be right in the world again. And, and yeah, although who knows? I saw, I saw one theory that was put forward by our editor-in-chief, Gareth uh, Hughes, which said that, you know, I'm not sure if it was his or if he saw it somewhere else, but um, he said that, you know, maybe they would have to rip Charming's heart out before the poison got there to, you know, have him survive that way, and that would be totally awesome twist, except that he drank the water, and so now, you know, he's stuck on the island. But for a minute there, that would have been really interesting if Regina had to rip out his heart. But anyway, so I want to kind of move the show along a little bit more because we're now about halfway through and we still have to get to Wonderland and then talk about a few other things. So um, let me see. Um, I love how Charming was being such a protective dad. That was one That was a couple, one note that I had. Like He was being so all over took about staying away from Emma and when he hugged her before <laughs> they left and everything, he was just being so sweet. Like I was just like, oh man, like if he had been able to raise her, like, I can just imagine him, like, you know, teaching her how to use a sword and everything like that. Like, it just kind of broke my heart a little bit for, you know, the missed opportunities in their relationship because they seem so like each other. I mean, she really does right. have a lot of his personality traits, and and so that really made me sad, too. So, um, and then also, too, with Charming, thinking that anything else but saving Henry is selfish I mean, I thought that was a really noble, you know, thing for him to say, obviously, but at the same time, it was driving me crazy because, you know, last season he said to, he told Gold as he's walking around trying to, you know, date Belle, so to speak, that, you know, there's a difference between, you know, literal truth and honesty of the heart. And, you know, I get that he wants to just focus on, you know, getting Henry and, you know, if he told them the truth, it may be a distraction. Like, he's, he probably is right. But it still was driving me crazy because I'm like, he said that, you know, he didn't want his last memories of his, you know, or his family's last memories of him to be of him as a liar. And he is, like, lying in order to do that. And I was just like, man, <laughs> right. that is such a contrast to Prince Charming. Like, I just thought that was, so, you know, such an interesting thing. Like, so I kind of want to talk to that, you know, everybody else about that, too. Like, Amy, what do you think about, you know, Charming basically still lying about the whole situation and, and that whole scenario? That was driving me nuts, the whole line. I I do say to say that I like the way that it played out. I like that that whole twist that Hook kind of tricked him in order to save him because he was being so stubborn. But I do think he should have just told them. I don't. I mean, I understand he was trying to be. You know, Emma said a couple weeks ago they all need to be who they are, and he that's his idea of being the hero by being brave and shielding everyone, but I, I think he should have just messed up and told them. Yeah, I completely agree. Teresa, what do you think about that whole situation? Um, uh, I uh, rather enjoyed X-Men Charming being in that situation because my first thought was, okay, Mr. Goody Goody, even though I love your blue eyes, Mr. Goody Goody, the shoe's on the other foot now. Now you're in the situation that, say, perhaps Rumpelstiltskin was in or other people. It's very easy to give other people advice. Oh, this is the right thing to do. This is what you should do. And then all of a sudden he found himself in that same situation and 
How did he respond? He did not respond with the complete truth because sometimes the complete truth is not the right thing to do. I just thought shoes on the other shoot. Um, shoot. Shoe is on the other foot, pal. Uh, And just to make a quick connection to Belle, who I love, I think that maybe Lace's experience will also be the shoes on the other foot. Not so easy to judge. Um, That's my thoughts on that. Awesome. Cool. And Jen, what do you think about the whole thing? Well, I'm wondering if there's a power on the island that is causing... Uh, gradually growing within people and corrupting them in ways, and that's how it's affecting Henry, and that's why Pan is the way it is, and in a way why why Charming has reacted the way he has, is that this this little bit of cor- cor- corruption is corrupting them in some capacity, and so he doesn't, he does sort of lie about it, um, even though it's to shield and protect uh, that, that's kind of what, what I was wondering. I'm seeing Neverland more and more as like a paradise island from Pinocchio. It, it's sort of devolved into, and I'm wondering if there's a connection or if the writers will ever make such a, such a connection. And I also had a question. What was Emma and uh, Mary Margaret drinking? They, were they drinking the Neverland water? <laughs> well, I'm wondering. Well, that's a good point, but like, <laughs> I was, yeah, like, are they all stuck there because they've, that's what they've been drinking the whole time? Like, that would be, maybe that's, yeah, that would be something. Although it might just be the water from that particular spring that does it, and maybe, you like, you know, that's part of the challenge is that you have to climb up to Dead Man's Peak, and then, you know, you drink it or whatever. Who knows? I mean, that's that's a good observation, though, Jen. All right. Let me see. Um, let me see. So, um, yeah, so them talking to Henry in the mirror, Operation Cobra Rescue. Loved it. Thought it was great. I mean, we did touch on it a little bit earlier, but just to get a little bit more detail out of it, like, I thought that it was a good touch, first of all, like we said, to use the mirror. But it was really, like, it made me, when they were all gathered there, like, in front of the mirror, you could see all three of them in, you know, the, the mirror that he was holding, that Henry was holding. It made me think of the scene from, you know, like when Charming was talking about the things in Manhattan when he was talking about the Thanksgiving dinner, like for in season <laughs> yeah. two. Like that's what it made me think about because I was like, oh look, it's his mother and his grandmother and his step great grandmother, and she's also <laughs> his adoptive mother. Like it was just <laughs> like I was just I it, I mean it made me laugh kind of because I was like, wow, that's such a an interesting like picture frame like. If you would ever, like, one day when they get home, right, they're going to go hang a bunch of pictures up on the wall, and that would be, like, one of them. Like, you know, like, just the three of them <laughs> all happy together. Like, <laughs> I just thought it was such a funny, like, it was just a funny, weird thing to see. Like, I mean, I just loved it, though. I thought it was a great touch. So, yeah. Uh, just kind of yeah. moving the show a little bit along here because we do still need to get to Wonderland, and we've got some people who want to call in, too. Um, the way that Hook got to Neverland in the first place by the, the sale that was made from the feathers of Pegasus. Totally mm-hmm. awesome. Love that little touch. Yeah. Made me think of, you know, Hercules. And, I mean, obviously we've had King Midas, so I was like, well, we can, you know, get some Hercules in there, too. And, you know, it's, they're mixing it all up here. So I just I love that. It was a great touch. Um, that was just an awesome thing. Oh, Regina's line, what I wouldn't give for another sleeping curse. Hilarious. Yes. Like, they're giving, best her, line, they're yes. giving her the best one-liners this year, I swear to God. Like, whoever is getting her dialogue on is doing a fantastic job. Thank you very much for entertaining us so much every week. Like, you know, with rainbow kisses and unicorn stickers and just the whole bit. Oh, my God, it's been fantastic. So let me see here. Um, 
Oh, when Henry was drawing his house like Neil did in the cave, I was like, dude, like um, that is such a like that is such a great parallel between father and son. Like I just love those little kind of touches like that that you know are really kind of bringing the full scope of the family together because like the more they have those little things where like Henry has little you know actions of his that are like his you know Emma's or Neil's or even Regina's like it really is kind of bringing this this happy little family as Regina said you know together a little bit more and more so I mean I just I thought right. that, that was totally awesome um, and then um, at the very oh 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 and Emma and sorry I'm just totally regarding the conversation guys I'm sorry but I'm just on a kick right now so Emma and Regina right they're sitting there talking about how Henry is their kid like they both did oh my God like again yeah. kind of the whole thing the family is coming together Amy go ahead what do you think about that I, was like, I try not to take this over anymore <laughs> <laughs> that's okay you're excited no I loved that this was one of the times where Emma and Regina were not arguing, you know, this is, he's my son, he's my son. They were both, he's our son, and they were adamant that they were working together. There wasn't any hesitation. This was just the way it is. And it, it's like they're they're at this point now where they know they've had to come together for this. And I hope that it stays that way. But I do hope that Regina's still wicked and evil queen, but I really like that Emma was was like, so this is he's our son, and we're going to do whatever it takes. Yeah, I thought it was awesome too, Teresa. What do you think about that whole thing? Oh, with oh, oh the them finally. Well, my first thought was, well, thanks, B, because poor little Henry. Um, it, it, there's nothing uh, sadder uh, for children. You know, I work with children a lot. Um, up to 18, they're still my children. Uh, when their parents are fighting over each other. And, um, it, you know, this is a very unfortunate situation, obviously, that they've all been in, and many people can relate to that, whether it's through divorce or through other situations where, you know, mommy goes away and then she comes back. And ultimately, the, the only way that there can be peace, and we're talking peace, not necessarily what the parents want, but there can be peace, is if they have to accept this is a this is what we've been dealt. We need for the sake of the child to bond together on this, accept it and, and move on again for uh, what is uh, best for the child because uh, I don't know if they've quite shown it yet, and I hope they do that but you know this puts Henry under a lot of stress to see all the people that love him trying to kill each other all the time. And the poor little boy, give him a break. I love Henry. Can't he just be given a break and have the grown-ups maybe start to act like the grown-ups and give him a chance to be a child for once? Um, That's my thoughts. That is a really brilliant insight, actually. Like, I love everything. I, I kind of, wow, that's really interesting. Like, I never... You're totally right, though. They all need to knock their crap off and, like, just, yeah, that, wow. That, okay, that was a like, totally awesome thought, Teresa. I love it. I hope you'll write an article about something like that and put it on the site because you totally should. That was, that was really <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, Jim, what do you think about that? Well, just to add to Teresa's point, now they are all uniting and they're at least trying to work together to get him back, and now he knows that. 
So hopefully that will be the catalyst. I hadn't realized when he was drawing the house that Neil, I missed that part where Neil had done that too. So, yeah, that, that's, that's a definite nice connection. Um, yeah. Awesome. Sweet. Okay. So, <laughs> oh, sorry. I just wanted to throw in when you said Midas, I thought, Abigail, please bring Abigail back and Frederick too. But um, that's my for <laughs> today. I had to bring in Fredigail. I want to see them come back and uh, maybe straighten out Storybook a little bit. I want some Abigail and Frederick. Okay, you may go on. I had my moment. <laughs> okay, okay, there we go. Awesome, thanks. All right, so let me see here. We need to move on to Wonderland because we only have a half an hour left, and I want to make sure that we get some people who want to call in on the line here. So um, we had a kind of a lot happening on Wonderland too, and I'm going to turn it over to the Evil Queen of Reviews, Amy, and let her go through because she is also our Alice Wonderland expert. So, Amy, please start us off on the Wonderland discussion, if you please. Well, what happened this week? We had a lot of going on with Will, the caterpillar. We found out Will's actual identity, who he was in fairy tale land. You know, it came out that he's actually Will Scarlet, who was in the uh, the Robin Hood stories originally, and he had this whole backstory with Robin that we saw this week, and then. Uh, we also heard from Maleficent this week, and that was another crossover. I really like how they're doing these things. And the biggest reveal came at the end, of course, when we found out about Anastasia, Will's mm-hmm. formal love of his life, that she is actually mm-hmm. the Red Queen. Um, in the roundtable, the first question that we talked about was, now that we've seen how Will and Anastasia got to Wonderland, um, what do we think happened between them? Personally, I think, because it keeps coming up in this show also that magic comes with a price, I think either that the price of them using magic and stealing that mirror and jumping into the portal was that one of them you know, had lost their heart or that somewhere in playing into that original poem where the knave of hearts steals from the queen of hearts that she took one or the other's heart. I think one of them is unable to love the other one anymore. So that's what I think it's going to turn out that happened between them. Yeah, and that would make sense if it was the knave, too, because in the premiere, you know, Alice says to him that once she helped him get his heart back long ago. So that would totally play into what you just said if it was, you know, if Cora took Will's heart and then that was, you know, that was whole catalyst. No. So that's, that's totally awesome. Definitely. Go ahead. Definitely. I think it was it was a, a neat twist that she's Anastasia. That's what I thought last week that she was going to end up being Anastasia. I like seeing her. I, I like the Red Queen. I feel like in the first episode and into the second episode that she kind of came off as one dimensional. But now that I know that she's Anastasia and I've seen this other light. I like her so much more. It almost seems like yep. she's the way she keeps saying, I'm a queen, that's what queens do. She reminds me of a kid who's playing dress-up, and I feel like that, in her mind, that's what she's doing. She's trying to be what she thinks a queen is. Oh, and I love, I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. I love how much this episode reminded me of Star Wars. We have the Red Queen mentioning the Sarlacc, and when they were looking for a possible device to bring down Alice, 
which is yeah, the, and the caterpillar it, totally it had a job of the hut thing going on too. Uh, now that you mentioned that, yeah. I totally felt like I was in Jabba's palace. Like I was totally waiting for like a bounty hunter to come in and like offer some money for Han Solo and Carbonite. Like I was totally, <laughs> <laughs> that, I, I was totally waiting for that in that scene. I love. I'm so glad that you brought that up because that that made me think of Star Wars too. Like totally. <laughs> That, yes, that, was that is exactly scene. what we thought, too, because I turned to my husband, and I was like, oh, my God, I wonder if he doesn't get the forget-me-not if uh, Caterpillar is going to encase him in carbonite, because it reminded us of Java's palace. You know what, in Wonderland, instead of carbonite, they'd probably put him in, like, you know, they would encase him in some stuff from the Mellow Marsh, right? Like, they would just put <laughs> him in like, a giant marshmallow <laughs> thing. Like, you know, wrap him up. Like, exactly. Like, he'd just be in a giant plastic wrapper, like, hanging there, right? Like, the, like, the newest snack from Hostess. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, put him in a tree. Yeah, like, like, exactly, yeah. <laughs> totally. So, what, are, what other points do we have to make on Wonderland, Amy? What else do we got? Anything? With uh, Jen and Teresa, did you guys get to watch this episode? Oh, yeah. Um, just Go ahead, Teresa. Go ahead. Oh, 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 well, I was just going to um, mention how um, pleased I was to see Robin Hood uh, make an appearance in, in this episode. I thought that uh, we, uh, we got to see far more of, of how, what makes him tick a little bit more uh, in this episode, and that uh, very good performance, uh, again, by Sean McGuire. I suspected that there was something, um, you know, that there was more to this character. And for sure, I, when he was yelling at the other merry men, I almost was hiding under the table. I was saying, I swear I didn't do it either. <laughs> I'm, I'm innocent. <laughs> um, you know, he's not somebody that uh, you mess with. Uh, I thought that his justification for stealing was a little bit, um, dicey. Uh, I thought, yeah, tell that to the judge, pal. Except when you look back in the, uh, uh, yeah, yeah uh, see how that goes for you next time you try. Uh, a judge, I was doing it for humanity, um, really. And the judge goes, whatever, whatever. I, uh, my personal dream is that uh, it, when you do get Robin Hood and Regina together, that she will have that exact response, like, oh, okay, tell me another one. I've heard just about everything else. Um, though the real Robin Hood, if you will, the quote-unquote real Robin Hood in the, in the story, um, the reason why he was stealing, it wasn't because, uh, you know, he had a dream to be a communist or so, um, something. It was the fact that uh, K- uh, King John uh, was um, levying un- unjust, unjust taxes against uh, the people and that uh, partly what Robin Hood was doing was basically giving back to the people what was theirs. It was a, it was a tax that was unjustly placed upon them. The whole, uh, un, they weren't being represented, the, the barons at the time, and um, fighting the wars they continued to lose with a, a king, King John, that w- was of questionable, questionable right. Uh, did he have the right to the throne? I think a fantastic twist would be that um, Queen uh, Regina, the evil queen, is the King John character and that he was stealing, quote-unquote, from the rich and giving to the poor in the sense that she had been enacting the similar unjust taxes and he was giving back to the people uh, what was essentially theirs, what was stolen 
from them. Uh, it would be very interesting to see uh, Regina as, um, as King John. And if that is what he meant about helping humanity, it makes some sense because the world that they were living in, if you're talking about real world Robin Hood, um, there was a, an idea of honor. There was an idea of there is a higher law behind the law of the state, the whole Thomas More, I'm the king's servant, good servant, but I am God's first that that was his reason of helping humanity. He just wasn't uh, sitting around thinking, I feel like uh, just robbing because it sounds like a lot of fun. Um, so I would uh, really like to see that played out. So that maybe I wouldn't think um, that Robin Hood was just saying a cute little line to justify that he wanted some pretty things in his coffers and to pat himself on the back for helping humanity. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Right. That's interesting yeah, because Robin Hood. Yeah, Robin Hood. Then, based on your theory, Robin Hood would be like the yin to Regina's yang. Mm-hmm. So they would that would that would go well together too, since they're setting them up that way. Um, well, yeah, especially yeah, I, because I mean the contrast of their characters. Because I mean, like, what is she going to do with her true love being somebody who is so selfless? Like, what is that going to do to somebody who is so selfish? Like, that's. I can't wait to see their story play out. Honestly, I'm really looking forward to that in the future. But Ben, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Um, I was just going to turn the conversation back to Star Wars because we have Anna Kin and Anastasia. She's the Darth Vader character in a way, where she started out as being light and gradually went down to being dark. And even when Padme yells out, "Anakin, you're breaking my heart," maybe Will Scarlet actually did want the Queen of Hearts to take his heart. That is, you know, actually a gift (laughs) to have that taken away when he was suffering so much heartbreak uh, as watching his true love, you know, devolve or go go on the root of evil, a path that he really couldn't follow. So it really bringing that connection home. Even she she picked the name the Red Queen. His last name is Scarlet. There's a connection there just between that. Wow, I didn't um, wow. Nice talk. Yeah. Nice catch. I didn't catch that. That's a great catch, Jen. Love it. Love it. Like loving it. The whole thing. I love the whole thing. Your outfit is fabulous, yeah. I love the whole thing. Yes. Like, okay. <laughs> Let me see here. So we've got like half an hour left, and I do want to make sure that we get some callers because we haven't been able to get to that for the last couple of weeks. So I want to make sure that we get that in here. So I'm going to push the button and see what happens. So here we go, guys. <laughs> Hi, you're with the Once Upon a Fan podcast. Who's this? Uh, hey, this is uh, Sarah. Hey, Sarah. Sarah. How's it going? Hi, Sarah. Cool. Nice to, hear, nice to hear your voice. Nice to be on the phone with you again. Hope you're having a good day. Again. Um, yes. <laughs> Work today, but yes. Awesome. Cool. So what's been going on? What, are you, what kind of thoughts do you have to share with us tonight? What do you want to talk about? Um, I don't know. I just really thought episodes for Once Upon a Time and Once Upon a Time in Wonderland this week were just total hits with me. I just loved, like for some reason, I loved this third episode for Wonderland. It's just, it's, I, can't, I can't tell why. It's, I, I mean, like, I think it's just the fact there were so many Star Wars references within the episode. I was I was just going crazy. I'm like, oh my God, it's like it's like he the Nate Will is basically Han Solo and it's like I love Han Solo and then there's Caterpillar which is the, the 
top of the hut. I'm like, oh, my God, it's going crazy. And it was just amazing. And I was going um, – and I loved how they brought Grendel in from Wonderland, mm. like from the Beowulf, the Beowulf legends, because I remember my senior year English teacher beating, like, those stories into us, basically, into – uh, that discussion of like how the whole mythology of that, and I, and I remember that story sticking with me um, a little bit more, and I liked how like the whole legend of Beowulf like stopping this like disgusting monster and having to travel down to the to the deepest part of the deepest lake uh, to stop this uh, this monster to save their the village and all that, and I liked how they brought this literary character into Wonderland, and so I like how Wonderland is kind of, has more for, like, literary tales that they're bringing in, into the world of Wonderland, of the show of Wonderland, I mean, and then while well, Once Upon a Time prior is bringing, like, the fairy tale stories, like, mm-hmm. do you get what I'm saying? Right, yeah. right, yeah, definitely. I love yeah. that they put the Grindel in, and I love the twist that he was, you know, this. he ended up being this really sad character that, you know, he really ended up caring for and feeling bad for, and it was kind of a happy, almost a happy ending for him because he wanted to be so badly reunited with his wife, and then when Jafar, you know, killed him, the reunion he was thinking, but then and it was almost like mercy. But I, I like that he isn't a Wonderland character. They pulled in this other literary uh, character to put into the story. I love any type of that crossover. I agree with Sarah. I like that they pulled that literary stuff in. I love seeing that. I love seeing stuff from the original Wonderland books get pulled in, these little touches that they're putting in. I love seeing the storybooks and the the once upon a time original show crossover stuff. I think all of that really just enriches Wonderland a lot. And I think that of the three episodes, I already loved the series. Um, this was definitely my favorite of the three. And I, as much as like with the Star Wars, I agree too. I love Han Solo. He is fantastic. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> we had Han Solo all day. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah. It's Harrison Ford. 1970s Harrison Ford. Forget Justin Bieber or whoever. Yes. It's Harrison Ford. <laughs> totally. Yeah, this is the first episode of Wonderland where I actually started to care about the characters. Before I was like, oh, okay, okay, whatever. And and suddenly I felt my heart being grabbed and I'm like, I'm starting to care. Exactly. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't care about I was Alice and Cyrus so much before. Now I'm starting to care um, as, as I see their evolution and as I see definitely now who Anastasia really is. Yes. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that too. Like I was, I've been a little quiet on the Wonderland discussion because I'll admit I, I was late. I was late, late, late for a very important date, and I only saw half the episode and I didn't have a chance to catch up, so I missed the first half. But I did see the second half and. You know, I kind of agree. I mean, I think it was, uh, I think it might have been last week when we were discussing Wonderland, and me and Amy were kind of going on for a while about Wonderland because she and I both really love the series. And, you know, we were talking about how Wonderland isn't necessarily as 
It wasn't as detailed at the time as Once Upon a Time was, and then suddenly this episode comes out, and I'm like, whoa, this is like, mm-hmm. I like kind of like what you all said. It's not like I didn't care about them before because I was interested in the characters because I loved the Red Queen from the beginning. I loved the chess theme to her, the whole setting up the board, you know, her thing with Jafar. I just think she's a really cool, interesting character. And then the fact that, you know, suddenly we've got this kind of game-changing situation where she's, you know, his she's his true love and you know all this i mean there were so many connections to once upon a time and so to so many other stories like it really just made wonderland a much richer you know world it made it seem much more like developed and a lot more detailed than it has in the past two weeks so i was really kind of you know surprised just by the, the half that i did see and you know i can't wait yeah. to see you know when it comes back cuz it is going on break for everybody who's listening wonderland is going on break this week it's not airing on halloween night um probably Darn. for a good reason which is that it's you know halloween and there's probably not going to be very many people home so which is all yeah. the better because then we'll be able to watch it next week yeah but we do have uh, next week you know the episode on november 7th wonderland will be back and you know so make sure that you tune in it's obviously 8 o'clock at abc so it's a much more. It's getting a lot more interesting on Wonderland, obviously on Once Upon a Time too. Um, so Speaking yeah, there's just breaks. there's. Speaking of the breaks, is there? An, I've heard that the 24th of November, that's going to be a break on Once Upon a Time. So does that mean the the mid season finale is on December 15th? If they're doing the 11 episodes. Um, uh, we're scared when you need him. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, right, he's, well, he's probably he better be in bed. It's like two in the morning where he is right now. But <laughs> yeah, um, get some sleep, sir. So yeah, um, there's. Um, I'm not sure about that to be honest, because I, as far as I understood it, it was just going to be the 11 straight weeks of episodes, and I haven't seen anything that. Because I, I mean, think maybe the I missed 24th is the, the AMAs. News, but, I think the American Music Awards. I think it's the 24th, so they're obviously not going to air that, like air an episode on that night. That's what I've heard. That would make sense. I'm, I'm looking at that right now just to confirm and see if I can find anything about that real quick because, you know, hey, why not? Because it is normally on ABC. Yes, you're right. And if it's on a Sunday, which it probably will be, yeah, we'll be held November 24th. Okay, so it's very much it's very possible that there would be a break, so it might push it out another week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Figured. I'm thinking that that's probably going to be correct because that's. I mean, we'll see. I mean, they haven't this. Well, yeah, that's probably going to be what happens exactly. So awesome, we've got another break in there. Cool. Well. Good point there, man. That well, at least we got another week once upon a time. But dang it, I wanted four. I wanted the whole. I wanted the whole stretch. Like you could just deliver me the whole first half of season three on a DVD to my mailbox, and I will just. I'll be content with that. Like, <laughs> right. And then give me the second that. half. Like I'm just. I seriously, it's like watching a movie every week. Like it's just yeah. getting insane. Like I mean, it really is. And Pan, I just have to say. Like, his whole conversation with Hook, okay, I'm going to stare back in the, in the ones here. When he was, when Hook okay. and Pan were talking, first at the ship when Liam, you know, Jones was alive, 
And then afterwards, when he did that totally sick move where he, like, was up on the hill looking all spooky, you know, he's kind of, he's, the light's shining up behind him, he's backlit and everything, and then he's, like, instantly in Hook's face, and he would just kept moving around and stuff. I was like, mm-hmm. man, this Peter Pan is so creepy. Like, like he wasn't creepy enough. <laughs> the dude can just bounce around all over the place and, like, appear anywhere he wants. He's seeing everything because he saw the kiss, like, Oh my good gravy! Like it's just ridiculous how creepy this kid is. Like, and I so and I, I don't want him Wendy to be comes. good. Yeah, he is yeah. in tune with like, every dream of stand on Neverland. So that's he's been why. Uh, he moves like a vampire. You know, the way they do on those vampire shows when they move real fast and and that creepy creepy yeah, movie exactly. uh, with that girl that came out of the TV and yeah, uh, definitely um, and he's the yeah. TV. And speaking of ways, yeah, exa- they're yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be next, right? Yeah, now we'll have ghosts on. Yeah, that exactly. That'll be the next thing. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's cool. Well, I remember what it was like with Rumple. Rumple with you know when Bill came on, suddenly that was a game changer because we saw him be human. As Amy has Ooh, mentioned yeah. with Wendy, what's going to happen when we see Wendy with Peter? I mean, we're going to see that's going to be a game changer as well. Ooh. We're not going to see him as this evil demon anymore. Oh, they'll pull a skin deep on us. Uh-oh. Get out the hankies. Get out the hankies. We're all going to cry. Like I, hope, man, I, will, I hope so, yeah, for sure. Like, there's, man, I can't, oh, my God, this this is just, I mean, yeah, both of the shows, the way that, especially the way that, you know, with Robin Hood kind of being on both and the way that it's all kind of intersecting, like, I feel like this, like this universe that we're all kind of just watching play out in front of us is getting so, like, so much better. I mean, it's all so much better. One is making the other better, and then it's, yeah, just the, the whole thing I think is fantastic. All right, I want to make sure that we get some other calls in here. So, Sarah, thank you very much for calling in. I do have to let you go no so problem. you can get somebody else, but I will make okay. sure that we get you in next week, too, okay? Thanks, Sarah. Hopefully I'll be available next week, too. <laughs> cool, yes. Yeah. Right, so give us a call if you want, and yeah. Bye. All right. All right. So well, let's what? see. Who else do we have on Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, what are you going to say? I was just going to say, while you're wanting your uh, DVD, um, my, in my dreams, Mark Isham will send me the score of Once Upon a Time so I can have it in my hands and look at it. Uh, I just love that. Oh, yeah, like you're score. talking the actual sheet music? Yeah, I totally agree. I oh, got my viola yeah. I mean, out of storage, I mean, and, I fi- and I started playing it. And, like, I, I can figure out the tune. So I have, like, the main kind of once tune figured out, just, like, the main couple of notes, you know? But I was like, man, what I wouldn't give to see the sheet music so I could just learn every single class, play it, you know, on everything, just the whole nine yards. Like, I'm so ready. Like, I so love this music. Like, it, yeah. it gets so good every week. Like, Mark Isham just does an amazing job. Like, I, I love just this. Oh, my God, I can't wait to get this season soundtrack. I can't wait till it comes out. Yeah. I want every, the like, heck with the every sheet little music. bit I of want interlude, in front every, of me everything. Playing I want all of it. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna make wishes. I'm going whole... make make him uh, right in front of me, appear in front of me, and play it. <laughs> yeah. And I want the whole score, not just some sheet music. I want the whole score with all the instruments. If anything, it'll make my reviews a lot easier of the soundtrack. So I have to try to recreate it for my ears. Let give put that oh, in my shit. hand. I want to oh, see oh, all yeah. those lines well, this... of music. <laughs> Just just be sitting in your living room with the whole orchestra sitting in front of you, like um, second violins. Yeah, yeah, we're going to exactly. need you to speed up just a little bit. Like, 
Yeah, let's bring out the, the film one. <laughs> I'll conduct it and everything uh, it, it, for an audience of my head. <laughs> That'll be great. Exactly. I'm just like, I'm no, sorry, guys. On, on, at this measure, it moves to 3-4 time instead of 4-4. Four, four. Like, you guys got to keep up with it. Got to keep up. Like, make sure you're watching your music. Like, yeah. you're just, you know, as the London Symphony Orchestra just, you know, bows their head before you. I was like, yes, Teresa. Like, <laughs> all right, anyways. That's my dream. That is my fantasy. Besides Frederick and Abigail coming back and more Robin Hood, I want that score right in my hands. <laughs> yeah. So the other thing that I want to talk about as we have the last, we have got about mm, 10 minutes or so left of the show. Uh, so I want to make sure that we talk about the promo for next week, because obviously next week we're getting Ariel is the title of the episode. We're getting the Little Mermaid story. I'm very excited to see that. And there was, of course, that little bit at the end, which has also been kind of shown in a sneak peek that was put online about mm, two hours ago or so, um, where apparently Ursula is actually Regina. So we don't know that for sure necessarily, but it's, uh, it is definitely Lana in the tentacles. So... Yeah. What do we think about that, everybody? Amy, please go first, because <laughs> I could take it from me, because I could go on and on about this. So take it, babe. <laughs> I love it, and I think that it's really great that Lana has said in the past that Ursula is her favorite villain and her favorite one of her favorite characters, and I think that it's awesome that she gets to play that. Just from the promo, it looks like you get to see she's really sinking her teeth and beginning to be Ursula. I'm super excited about it because I love the Little Mermaid story. I'm skinny way, so every time we start seeing more of the little hints of classics, I think I love that. Uh, I'm really, really excited to see Lana as Ursula. I think it's going to be probably one of the best episodes yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have yeah. I have some mixed feelings about it, to be honest, just because um, I was kind of wanting Ursula to be her own character just because I love her so much and I didn't really want them to mix, you know, to mix her with anybody else and make her the same person. However, having said that, um, Lana's delivery of that line when she comes out of the water and she's like, hello, like she sounds just like Ursula. That is exactly what she sounds like in the movie. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to watch this and see how it plays out because, if anybody, if anybody could rock Ursula the Sea Witch, you know it's going to be Lana freaking Perea, okay? Like, there's yeah. nobody, right. like, she's going to just, I have a feeling she's going to blow it out of the water, ha-ha, <laughs> so to speak. Like, <laughs> she's just going to do a great job. <laughs> but, yeah, Teresa, what do you think about the whole thing? Oh, well, uh, I, we all kind of called it when she said, oh, there's a certain mermaid at the end of Skidzy. And then she was, you know, stirring her little teapot and um, messing with Rumpel's head. Uh, we, um, we all, I think, kind of saw that coming. Um, uh, while speaking of fantasies, uh, will she sing? Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? Uh, you know, hearing some, uh, some uh, poor, unfortunate soul action going on. Um, and, uh, again, Lana Priya is a fantastic actress. It's a crime. She has not gotten an Emmy, in my humble opinion. Um, and uh, what can I say? It's, it's Ursula. It's Regina. Regina is awesome. Bring it on. Bring on the tentacles. Let's have some fun. 
So, yeah, I, I agree. I just bought the DVD yesterday for Little Mermaid, and um, my kids and I are going to watch it uh, this weekend, and that way on Sunday they can know all about the Little Mermaid for when we sit down and watch once. So I'm really looking forward to it. Mm. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really stoked, too, to see that Snow White plays a part, and I can't – I mean, I'm really curious to see – you know, how that whole thing is going to, like, play out, like, having those two together, like, seeing her with the, yeah, the whole, like, it's in the past, and yeah, Ar- the Ariel, Virginia, yeah, the whole thing, I'm really curious to see how this is going to play out. I can't wait. I love The Little Mermaid. It was the first, like, Disney movie I think I saw in the theaters. It was either that or one of the re-releases of Snow White. It was one of those two. It might have actually been Snow White, I think, because that's the earliest one I remember. But, um, yeah, like, the fact that, you know, like, we're finally getting, the mermaid like we're getting the mermaid finally like really like oh my god i'm so excited i can't i can't wait like really i'm (laughs) I'm like i've been waiting for them to do this since the show first came out i've been wanting to see ariel on the show so i'm really excited to see that it's finally time i like the theory about prince i like the theory about prince eric being in the cage so that's a good possibility and a good way to bridge both episodes together that could be too a lot of good possibilities Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, yeah. Yeah. There's so much that could happen. Like, I mean, and then also too, uh, there was another interesting point that I want to bring out, and you know, it, there is kind of a spoiler alert. So I'm telling everybody out there now in the podcast universe, it's a potential spoiler of what I'm about to say. But there was an article in I um that was a Kex exclusive, and it was um I think it was from TV Guide, yes, and it said that you know there the characters are going to remain in Neverland until they return to Storybrooke where a new curse is expected to wreak havoc. And when I read that, I was just like, um, what? Like, are you, like, (laughs) there's a new curse coming? Or is is it just, you know, like, maybe, like, you you don't know what's going to happen? Like, really? So, I mean, we've got to, we talked about that on our, on the staff page that we have set up for ourselves, but I kind of want to bring the discussion out to everybody else because um, a new curse, like, I'm, I would be stoked to see a totally new curse, like something happen where nobody has any, like they all get back from Neverland and everything is just totally, you know, different. And they're like, what is going on? And they have to like do something to save it all again. Like I, I just think that a totally new curse, a new problem for all of them to be dealt with, like it was in the first season, would be totally sick. I just thought it would be wicked. Like it would be so wicked. But I want to see what everybody else thinks about that too. So Amy, my darling co-host, what do you think? As long as this curse doesn't involve them getting back and everybody else has amnesia again, then no. I'm with it. No, amnesia. Bad amnesia. I don't no want amnesia. amnesia. I do, but I think <laughs> that's, that's actually <laughs> kind of what my theory is. I think that they're going to get back and where it's only going to have been like five days for them in Never- Neverland, I think that it's going to have been a lot more time has passed in Storybook. I can't wait to get back to Storybook and see what the yeah. new curse is. And I'm really excited to see your Granny, what's happened with her, and you know, our Team Seven and Seven Dwarfs, because I love that classic when they have the Seven Dwarfs and Snow White together. I think that's just magic on the screen. But I, that's yeah. what I think is going to happen. I think they're going to get back, and I think that five days for them is going to have been like five years, maybe 50 years in Storybook. And they're going to have to find a way to get back to the point when they left. You heard it here yeah. first. Hashtag <laughs> save Storybrooke. 
for next uh, after the season. Hashtag save Storybrooke. <laughs> I'm just going to go with my normal hashtag just saying. Like, you know, hashtag just saying. Like, that's totally what, <laughs> that's totally what I mean. Yeah, that was, that's a great, I love that thought. Like, the idea that they'll get back and, you know, like, it's been years or something. Like, that there's been, you know, why they've been in Neverland doing whatever and it's only been a few days to them. It's been, like, seriously, years in, in our world and there's right. been, like, you know, like That's true. Back we still and, haven't you know, seen like, Sunrise. It's been Night Neverland the entire time. It's true. Well, as, and I and I totally think that's tied into you know the whole you know the fact that Neverland is cursed and cause, I mean or whatever is going on with Neverland. Like you know like I think that once that whole thing once Neverland goes back to being the way that it should be, that's when you know like the sun will come up again and you know there'll be some great sweeping panning shot of you know like Neverland in all its glory and, you know, like the rainbows will all be out, right? Mermaids will be jumping around, so, you know, fans are coming up out of the water. Although really, I mean, really the Disney fan in me is like insistent and like just, I mean, really hoping for the fact that I want all of them to get home to Storybrooke by sailing the Jolly Roger home using pixie dust. It's got to happen. Yeah, it just has to. I I am so I so I really want to see Tinkerbell be a fairy again and enchant that ship and turn it all gold and send it flying into the air. Like I just oh my god, please let that be what happens. <laughs> like I want that to be their way home so badly. If for no other reason than you know for my own just Disney fandomness, like <laughs> but that's all I want to see happen. <laughs> I always, I've always in favor of a flying ship. Everyone loves a flying ship. I've always wanted my own private jet. Give those poor people a private jet. I think it's time they need a bit of a break. And while all that sunlight happens, let's have some serious Mark Isham's music swells. That's all I've got. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. I totally agree. Like, all of the visual magic, just all of the fairy dust, I mean, all the pixie dust, all of the everything. Just give me a full-on Peter Pan ending, please. Like, that is what I'm asking for. Thank you very much. This is in my humble private request here. One fun day. Okay, so we've got, like, two minutes left, roughly. Um, about a minute and a half, actually. A minute and a half left. So I want to thank all of our listeners who are listening to the show this week. Uh, you can catch all of the latest news on uh, www.onceuponafans.com. We're also on Facebook. Uh, we're on Twitter. We're pretty much across the entire social media spectrum. Uh, if you like our show, make sure that you tell your friends. Um, we are going to be kinda, you know, kind of playing with the format a little bit. This was only our third show, and we're still trying to figure out exactly how it's going to go. So if you've got any input or anything for us, please go ahead and send us that too. We'd love to hear your comments. Uh, the number to call in, and I'm going to say it twice, uh, if you want to call in and be, you know, on the show like Sarah was, the number is 347-677-1653. It's 347-677-1653. Amy and I will definitely be back again next week for our regular co-hosting gig, and we'll be joined by two of our staff members, uh, one of which is actually going to be Gareth Hughes, which who is our editor-in-chief. And um, the other co-host is going to be a surprise. So we'll just keep that, you know, kind of a mystery for now. But we're very excited to have Gareth on with us next week, calling in from uh, London, England. Very excited. To have, well, not technically, but I'm not going to say where the man lives. He needs some peace. So, um, yeah, so we're very excited about that coming in. Uh, we've got a lot more to talk about with, you know, Enchantacon coming up, some more Once Upon a Time stuff, Once Planned. We've got 10 seconds left to show, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. Have a good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night.